Yo, you get parkour, rock climbing, and surfing. More. Okay, hiking, camping, and date nights. Even more. Picnics, road trips, and sun tents. More, more, more. The new Mercedes-Benz GLB, designed for those who want more. More space with seven seats. More connectivity with MBUX. More room for life. A life of more possibilities awaits. Test drive the new Mercedes-Benz GLB today. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Is the real estate you own secured from trespassers? Do you allow random people to come in and hang around or stay? Or worse still, do you allow unknown people to bring dangerous or toxic materials and leave these on your property? Of course not. You'd be crazy to do that. Most of us take great pains to ensure that our homes and workplaces are well protected from strangers or those who might bring in hazardous things onto our premises. And yet, strangely enough, we don't do that with our mental real estate. The most precious asset we have is ourselves, made out of mind, body and spirit, and yet we sell put in place a system to secure ourselves against people in situations that can be detrimental to our health. Is it because we are unaware or afraid? Either way, it is crucial for each of us to be aware of the value of our mental real estate and keep it safe from toxic influences. It's the last Monday of the month of Raise Your Game and as usual, we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us today. Uh, today we're going to talk about securing your mental real estate. I'm Frida Liu, by the way. Um, Sheila, could you explain the concept of mental real estate? Okay, in the advertising and marketing world, it usually refers to the space in your head that is taken up by a brand. Mm. You know, so, you know, for, for a long time when we talk about tissue, we say, hey, bring me a Kleenex or, you know, give mm. me a Maggie, Maggie me, because even though it might be some other brand that's being used, because these brands have become so strong in our head that, you know, the mental real estate, we associate that brand with that um, mm. particular product. Mm. Uh, but today when we're in our discussion, I would actually like to it to refer to the amount of space you have in your mind mm. and how much of it's taken up by the set of ideas, beliefs, preoccupation or thought patterns that you hold in your head. Mm. So it's, it's like your house. Right. What do you have in your house that uh, to raise the value of that real estate? I, I just remember my, my brother recently going on this um, sort of um, renovation binge kind of thing. And I say, mm. why are you renovating so much? He said, well, you know, one day I'm going to sell this house and all these things that make it unusual will raise the value of the house. So that's kind of what we do, right? right. And we put things in our house to make it look nice and all that. So, um, and even what you do around your house can cause the value to increase or decrease. If somebody decides to go and build a highway outside your house, it's going to decrease the value. Right. Yeah? Or some neighbor builds a horrendous, ugly building outside next to yours. It might bring down the tone of the neighborhood. So, the same way we try to maintain the value of our property, we should also maintain the health of our mental real estate right. by what we hold in our mind. Hmm. And what we allow into our mind. Okay, what we hold and what we allow. Hmm. Right. And, and this was interesting, right? Because this was a dinner discussion that we had. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because we, we realized that, you know, sometimes there's so many toxic people and people saying toxic things. and You just don't want that to get into your head and settle and take root, right? Okay. That's what we're talking about. Okay, why, why is it so important to secure a mental real estate? 
Okay, so you know that there's a theory by communication pathologist Dr. Caroline Leaf, right? She mm-hmm. says that thoughts are real physical things that occupy mental real estate. So there's a correlation between thought patterns mm. and the neurological connections that uh, happen in our brain, right? The healthier the thoughts, the more neurological connections there are, the healthier the brain. And uh, so moment by moment every day, you are changing the structure of your brain the landscape of your brain through your thinking. The more healthy your thoughts, the denser and healthier. The more toxic the thoughts, the, the more sparse it becomes, right? Mm. So, um, for example, in the talking about beliefs, right? Um, for the longest time, uh, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before to you, Frida, but for the longest time, I had this limiting belief about art. Because mm. my art teacher told me that, you know, I can't do art to save my life. And then somewhere along the line, being a person who helps others clear the limiting beliefs, somebody pointed out to me once, Sheila, you, you do this, but you're not practicing what you're preaching. You're holding on to that limiting belief that someone else planted in you. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I am. So I got rid of that limiting belief and I decided to start experimenting with art. And then I realized I could do art. And from there, Frida, creativity started to flow, not just in that area, but right. in other areas of my life. And it went into my work and I found myself coming up with creative ideas and you know it, it became very exciting things that I could actually translate into to work and consultancy right okay. right it's, it's like you so, really unlock something and then now you feel that yeah. well I can do everything almost right that confidence that has also come back because of that Yes, and then also, you know, once once upon a time, I was afraid of things like lizards and roller coasters and all that sort of thing, and and being on water because I can't swim, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I never learned line. I can't swim. I'm sure if I try, <laughs> let's put that limiting belief away. But right. uh, so, um, but then I got rid of my fear. I I took away the phobia. I got rid of my fear, and I found myself to be very very brave. You know, I'm very unscared, I'm not at all fearful of new things and situations and that sort of impacted the way I face change as well. So, according to Dr. Dr. Leaf, she says that your DNA structure can change your thoughts. And Mm. uh, the, the Institute of Heart Math did a study of DNA and found out that thinking and feeling anger, fear and frustration can cause your DNA to change shape. Wow. And they this then the DNA responds by tightening up the coil tightens up. And becomes shorter, and when it becomes shorter, it switches off many of the DNA codes, and that reduces quality expression in the DNA. The way your DNA is expressed can be quality, or it cannot express. You know, so mm. you cut down the number of quality uh, expressions. And this, interestingly enough, Frida, can be reversed by positive feelings of love, joy, appreciation, gratitude. So it can be reversed. It's not carved in stone, right? Mm. So, um, and then I've also been looking at the field of epigenetics, right? Mm. Which explains that our thoughts, imagination, choices and all that can change the structure and function of our brains on every level. Mm. Subatomic, molecular, genetic, cellular, and so neurochemical, electromagnetic, you know. So it can actually impact everything, your endocrine system, your bone, uh, you know, your bone marrow makes cells for health and all that can impact that can impact your organs and so on. So, uh, it, and this, it can have an impact on your genetic expression. So, meaning that it can also be passed down to subsequent generations. Right. But that means that you might have a predisposition inherited from your parents, mm. but you can reverse that. Okay, mm. you can inherit it, but you don't have to manifest it. 
So basically, this thing about, oh, my parents are like that, they've got those illnesses, so I'm going to get it, doesn't have to be true unless you take it on. Right. Okay. And it all starts with that, right? With the mind and how that mind, how you think, right? Actually, it affects you right down to your DNA. It does. I, I was reading this very interesting book that was recommended to me by my niece. Uh, and it was it's by Dr. Gabo Mate. Mm. Uh, he's a doctor, a medical doctor who's done years of um, studying with patients. He saw the correlation and he wrote this book. It says, When the Body Says No. And he says that emotional stress is a major cause of physical illness, mm. from cancer to autoimmune conditions, other chronic diseases. So, um, and it impacts like your so autoimmune diseases is like your body working against you, and then when you have muscle pain, chronic pain in your skeletal system, and there's there's no uh, evidence as to why there's something is wrong. Hmm. Right, and and I've encountered this in people also in coaching. So right. when it says that emotional stress, what is stress? Stress is a feeling, right? It's an emotion, it's a thought, but it causes physical in, in illness. So it's like uh, mind over matter, literally. Right. You know? mm. Okay. So you talk about coaching. What are some? Do you have some examples there? I I've got so many, and sometimes you know, when people, unless people see it with their eyes, it's a bit unbelievable. So hmm. I have this. I had this friend, a colleague, and uh, she had chronic back pain for 10 years. Yeah, mm. And um, she couldn't even bend. And she was seeing all kinds of specialists and uh, naturopaths and all that. And she'll go, and then for a few weeks, we're okay. Then she'll come back, and it'll, come, it, it'll, it'll hurt again. So I, I just did some coaching with her using a, a um, kind of technique called the pain paradigm. Mm. And it's very straightforward, very straightforward technique. And within one hour, Frida, the pain left. Mm. And she had a lump in her lower back that also disappeared. Mm. I mean, for me, it was my first time doing the pain paradigm outside of my training. And I think I was more stunned than she was. I'm like, wow, really, this stuff works. Mm. And then recently, I did it with an 11-year-old who was having um, structural pain, pain in the hips and and all that. Uh, But no reason. They've done all the MRIs and everything, but they could not find a reason. And so they just sort of loosely diagnosed it and said it, it could be an autoimmune disease. But autoimmune in itself is like your body working against itself. Something's going on in there. Hmm. So I did some coaching with her. And in the process of the coaching, the pain level went down from a 6 to a 0. Right. So occasionally the level will come up like to 1 or 2. So I just go back and say, what are you feeling? Get in touch with your feelings. So when we avoid, when we try and push it away and say, no, no, we, 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 don't, we shouldn't feel it, it's not right to feel ah. it, then it will manifest. Yeah, so it's like your unconscious mind giving you a signal like, hey, hello, listen, get rid of it. It's not, it's not good, it's toxic for you to have this. Okay. And then I've also had people who've come for my, for my NLP practitioner program. Actually, I had two students, two alumni, who came and they had... Um, they had skin issues like, mm. you know, psoriasis, and it was really bad to the extent that they had to be hospitalized, they were in pain, they were shedding skin. And today they're, they're both healed mm. after the program. 
Right. So it's, it's, you know, like you were saying, expressing your feelings, all these things, right? Uh, you know, maybe the anger or whatever suppressed, right? And it actually affect, it, it manifests in your body as well, right? Um, of course, you know, you still have to see your doctor, first of all, and, you know, look at all other sort of sources. Now, we're talking about uh, the mental real estate. How do we secure our mental real estate and how do we maintain it? We'll discuss that in just a moment with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation. You're listening to Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Banish feudal mentality. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Race Game. Good morning. Frida Liu here speaking to Sheila Singham from Human Equation. We're talking about securing your mental real estate. And we were just saying earlier that it's, you know, important when we think about the as real estate and putting that in the in, in the meta mental sense, right? Now, how do we secure our mental real estate, Sheila, and how do we maintain it? Okay, I think first of all, we've got to understand what is toxicity to the brain. Mm. Sometimes we are so fully immersed in it that we don't realize we're in a toxic environment. Right. You know, it's like the proverbial frog in the hot water. Mm. Because if you start with the frog in the hot water and heat up the water, it doesn't realize that the water is going to kill it. Mm. But, you know, if you take a frog and throw it into a pot of hot water, it will jump out. Mm. So if, if we have already become immune, we think that that is the norm. Some of us are brought up in environments like this, or we work in toxic environments like this. And this, you know, and this is so very important because I, I sometimes I go into a training room and I say, how many of you have got back pain, frequent headaches, lower back pain, and, you know, stomach problems and all that? And so many people put up their hands and I say, do you, have you investigated your thought life, your, you know, relationships and all that. Mm. And then they suddenly, ding, you can see the light bulb go on. So toxic thinking really wears down your brain. It's, it's not people, it's not our experiences that are detrimental to our mental real estate. Look, because, you know, people are going to come into our lives who are painful. Yes. Circumstances are going to come into our lives that are challenging. But it's not them. It is our reactions to them. Hmm. So we need to have equip ourselves with the tools to control our reactions to people and circumstances. Um, so, in, you know, we need to consciously make a decision about the thoughts we dwell on and the words we use, which many people don't. It's hmm. just words, but right? Right. Oh, but words can be so detrimental. You've got to be really, really careful with your words, right? right. And uh, so, you know, saying things, I just did a talk two weeks ago and... And people were like, so overwhelmed. I say, are you, you, do you use words like the stress will kill me? Mm. Oh my God, I'm dying from mm. work, you know, uh, I can't survive this and all that. So when you say things like that, this is the messages you're sending to your body. Body is very literal. Yeah. And e- even every part of you has an intelligence, like yourself. Have you, so if you were to cut your hand now, mm. how would the platelets, you know, the, the clogging yeah. cells, the cells that clog it, right, and stop the bleeding, how do they know to go just right there? Why don't they go somewhere else in your body? Because your body is intelligence, right? So you, another thing we need to do uh, to maintain our real estate, secure and maintain our mental real estate is you need to reevaluate your relationships. Mm. You need to find out which ones are undermining you, stressing you out, causing you to take on limiting beliefs, you know, like the high maintenance one. Mm. Every time you have to work so hard at the relationship and you come out, you're so drained. I'm like, why am I even going out with this person? It's so tiring. You've got to ask yourself, is it worth the effort? I mean, on the one hand, people might say, wow, Sheila, you saying this, you're a coach. How can you say that? As a coach, I have a, a, a mindset where I don't judge, I accept. 
But I also give you a prescribed. It's you know, it's like a, a doctor line. You know, you mm. you go to the doctor. The doctor gives you a prescribed regime of treatment. You don't listen, then you get more sick. Then who's to blame? Right. So as a coach, so I kind of do that with people. I'm talking at a personal level. Yeah. Who do you allow into your space? Mm. Yeah? yeah. Who do you allow? So you need to evaluate the relationships. And I tell you, if they are causing, they are there. You know, sort of what what I say is causing toxicity, dumping into your mental space, your mental real estate. Then it's time for you to ask yourself, even if it's a family member. Hmm. No, I mean, there, there's this rule that uh, we Asians, we're very family-oriented and we say, oh no, family cannot, we have to sit down here and tahan whatever they say, whatever they do. I beg to differ. And I think, and, 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 and I have uh, of this opinion, if someone upsets you or hurts you once, okay, hmm. it's it's their fault. Hmm. When they do it two or three or four or five times or 25 times, it's then your it's your fault. Because you, you did stand up and draw the boundary and say that is not acceptable behavior. Right. Yeah? So right. we, we need to, we need to, we really need to get rid of this, the, I mean, sort of not get rid of these people per se. Some people you can't walk away from, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we need to tell them what's what. And, and some people say, oh, cannot, they'll get upset. So what? It's okay that they've been upsetting you all these years and planting all these ideas in your head. Now you cannot upset them. Come on. It's your fear. Right. So then get rid of that. You know, just back back to your point earlier on about words, right? You know, simple things like uh, I remember exercising and then every time my friend exercises, I'm I'm dying, I'm dying. I said, don't say that, you know, because I don't like hearing it too, you know, because it's like, you know, I just say every time you exercise, just say I'm getting better and better. Isn't that a better thing to say, you know? So it's 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 tiring, but I'm getting better and better, right? Change those words, you know. So some little things like that do affect people, right? You know, and you talk about uh, you and I know like with some people that drains me, I I would I would I would surgically remove them, right? But many people find it, I, yeah, many people find it difficult to do so. Why why is that the case? Okay, first of all. I don't, some people find it difficult. Some people are just completely in denial. I mean, they they do not know or they don't believe in the mind-body-spirit connection. I notice this a lot. Very logical people say, what spirit? No, you're new age or something. It's the fact is we like water has three different qualities. It can be ice, it can be, Mm. you know, it can be liquid, it can be steam or gas, right? We also have got three facets to us. There is the body, the physical body which carries, which is a vessel that carries us. You know, we've got our minds, which hold our emotions, thoughts, and so on. And we have the spirit being. If you if you tell me what spirit and all that, then we are no better than animals. La. Right. I, I think that we need to um, really, really understand that we have three different facets mm. and that we need to connect these. We need to know that these are connected. Understand that. And what happens in one place can impact the other. So what's happening in your mind, if your spirit is grieved, your mind has got negative emotions, it can impact your body. Mm. And then the next thing we need to know is these people, they don't want to sort of, they, they don't want to secure their mental real estate or they don't know that they need to do it because as I said, la, their mental real estate is already polluted from thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes acquired over a lifetime. Mm. So they don't know where to start. You know, you see all those programs on TV where people's houses are so cluttered. They need an expert to come from outside to clinic because they just don't know what to throw out and where to start. Right. Mm. So what these people need to do is like a Marie Kondo of the mind line. You know? Right. 
And yeah, so either go see someone, talk to someone. Now, talking to people is different from getting people to come in and help you, you know, mm. cla- cla- gain clarity and all that. Mm. And then some people uh, will say, oh, you know, what will people say if I go and talk to someone? Or they might say, how can I, you know, go and talk to this person? You know, they, they are my mother, they are my grandmother, they are so senior. I can't suddenly go and tell them that they've, br- they've, they've made things tough for me. They, they, they brought toxicity into my mind. They, they are so unaware. They'll be so good. Yeah, but there's always a time to start and tell people hmm. what they can and cannot say to you. Right. You can say it politely. Yes, you can say it politely. You can right. sit them down, take them out for dinner or something mm. and say. And, and you know, some people say because traditionally family life and all that, it's, it's wrong to walk away from people. You, you can't just, like what you said, surgically remove people. Why not? Mm. Why not? I think if, if for me, I'm very, very um, loyal to my friends, mm. right? You have me as a friend, I'm a friend for life. But... Mm. But if you become toxic, if you become very high maintenance, if you lie and cheat and all that, then I would just, I wouldn't sit, necessarily sit down and say, be gone, you know, don't darken my doorstep and all that. <laughs> I just quietly ease away from the relationship, right. you know. So, so, so many people, well, not many people, though some people have no problems with drawing boundaries in their personal lives, but find it hard to do so in their professional lives because you have to deal with these people. So how do we secure our mental real estate at work without compromising our careers? So I, I always ask myself this in all the jobs I had where there were difficult people. Mm. What's my purpose in being there? Okay, what's my purpose, my higher purpose? What are you working for? Are you just working for a salary or is there something that you need to contribute to the people around you there, the organization? Is being in that particular position in that company going to allow you to, to climb higher, to do better things, you know? So sometimes you, you stay there and you learn to sort of be, fortify yourself inside for that season, yeah? Another thing is you need to examine your value system and refuse to allow people to compromise it in the way they treat you and the things that they ask you to do. So, for example, um, for me, respect is very important with whoever I work with, clients, Mm. or even when I was in paid employment, right? It's very important that my bosses treat me with respect. If they don't treat me with respect, then I would have to stand up and ask for it. And then some people then will turn down and tell you, oh, but if you do that, huh, they'll put you in cold storage. Yeah. And then I say to people, if you're so good at what you do, if you're so, I mean, if you shine so bright in the area that you're in, in whatever job or you know, industry you're in, who's going to put you into cold storage? They, mm. You're going to become so good at what you do that um, you're, you're so good at what you do that People will want to leverage on your capabilities. You become a real asset. But then there are people who are going to be threatened by you and all that. Then if they are up there, you have a conversation. If they're going to, you know, be more nasty to you, then you've got to ask yourself what you want to do. Hmm. I had someone who actually was being treated quite badly by her boss in the sense the boss would take all the credit. Boss was dampening down all her great ideas, was, you know, and all that. So I said to her, go and talk to HR. Mm. So tell HR, it is HR's duty to know what is happening if you tell them. Mm. All right? Mm. Now, so 
And after that, you see lah, if they start uh, having a vendetta against you and all this sort of thing, then you got to decide what you want to do. Right. So, and I always tell people, do the right thing, even when no one is watching. Mm. And have a clear, if you have a clear com- conscience about your performance at work, you give it your best and you're good, you will never be found wanting. And, in a, and when you stand up, people will listen. And they will respect you. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation talking about securing your mental real estate. She'll be joining us again uh, next month. This is Raise a Game. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.